about leaders as intercessors. And um, according to Webster's Dictionary, the word intercede means to intervene uh, between parties with a view of reconciling differences. Okay? Um, another word they might use is to mediate. Everybody knows that, that term is more familiar, to mediate. Uh, other dictionaries have various other little words in there, like um, uh, one is to come, I'm sorry, to be or to come or to pass between, right? To, to, to get in between, you can say two parties, to separate. And so with, with those words or definitions in mind, and I'll probably use several of those interchangeably uh, as I speak to you tonight, uh, I want to speak to you tonight about this topic of intercession, intercession. And uh, I know we've been beating up the story of Moses and the Israelites. I mean, we've done it th with this book that we that Steve referenced, the uh, Sabbath as Resistance. And, and, and But there's kind of no better story than that story to speak about a lot of different things. And, and so uh, I'm going to, one more time, go to that story. Uh, so that's one that's more familiar, and then just a little bit I'll go to one that's not so familiar. Um, so if you go to Exodus 2, Shara, um, I'm going to start with, with um, Moses before he became the official leader of the Israelites. So I'm going to go early on. We know that Moses interceded for the people of Israel, um, but this is even before it was official. And I'm, I'm showing you to say that, that Moses had that heart. Uh, already, if you will. So Exodus 2, verse 11 says, many years later, when Moses was growing up, so he's still in Pharaoh's house, you know, he's still on the good side of Pharaoh at this point. Okay. Uh, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, I think that's funny. You know, again, sometimes we speak through these stories, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, Moses did one of these numbers. Like Monty when she's trying to sneak candy, right? You know, <laughs> right? You know he, he literally thought this thing through, you know? And, you know, you, you think about when you're trying to sneak and do something, you know, and Moses, he, 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 he literally, he looked, anybody watching? Yeah. So, he, yeah, he looked to see if anybody was watching, and Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. That's kind of strong. I know that some of the de depictions of this story kind of show it as accidental, you know, but it doesn't sound very accidental here. You know, like he was just trying to break up a fight. There was no fight. When you have a slave and a taskmaster, that's not a fight. You know what I mean? That was some straight up abuse going on. And so the way I'm reading this text, he was intending to take this Egyptian out, you know, so, and he did. So he killed him and he hid him in the sand. And, and this is a good illustration of a leader, not that we should kill anybody. Don't anybody go, that's not the takeaway point tonight. We don't have the right to kill. My point is, though, that it's hard for a leader to stand by and watch injustice. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's very hard to stand by and watch injustice. I don't care about your personality. It's not about being, you know, tough or meek or mild. It's, not, if you're, it's hard to stand by and watch injustice. Right? And we all, uh, when that hits us, we, 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 we respond differently. You know, some of us take matters into our own hands. You know? Unfortunately, I, I'm, again, I'm not telling anybody to go out and kill anybody because you 
you see something that's in, in just, unjust because, hey, if you, you walk around just in our daily lives and there's so much injustice going on, um, you know, so I'm not saying take it into your own hands. So I'm making sure we say that. Some of us, you know, it may be a simple, hey, knock it off. You know, you see somebody maybe being bullied. You know, in, in this case, you know, this um, taskmaster was just obviously mopping his slate. In, in our scenarios in life, it may be, hey, stop that. You ever seen somebody wasn't in your business? Maybe with some kids or maybe it was, you know, and, and, you, and you, just, you just, you couldn't help it. You know, maybe some parent wasn't paying attention or maybe you, and you just, you know, hey, uh, stop that. I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it in some funny ways. I'm not even going to tell you about those tonight. I, I'll recap those to, to you later. I've, I've seen some hilarious moments where he did some intervention. I'll put it that way. <laughs> right? uh, you know, sometimes perhaps somebody's actually fighting. And you literally step in between them. You know, you don't want to grab one of the other, but you, 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 you step in between. Hey, you know, you kind of back somebody off of somebody. We, we all have different ways. Uh, some, some people become activists for different individuals or groups when, you know, you see a particular a group of people who are, you know, being abused or treated ill, that kind of thing, and you become activists. So, so it, it's very hard if you're a leader to stand by and just watch, even if you are passive. You don't say anything to that person. You don't step in the middle of it. You don't become some kind of great activist for some cause or some good. Even if you just go tell somebody, right? Some that's a, you know, hey, you know, this and this and this happened, you know, so that somebody else can do something about it. Um, and so, in the case we just read with Moses again, this was a helpless, weak, powerless slave being brutalized by a powerful, strong abusive taskmaster. And I don't know at that moment when Moses went out and he, you know, went to see his people whether he actually planned that. I don't think he did because that event changed the course of his entire life. You remember, after he killed that taskmaster, it's when he had rolled. You know, yeah, you, you, he knew that the penalty for, for, for that, he knew what the penalty for that would be. And so that's kind of what set this thing, this whole course that later we're going to pick up on this story uh, in action. You know, he goes and he lives in the land, I believe it was a Midian, and he's there for about 40 years. And, and uh, so that, that event right there changed the course of his entire life. Moses could have just said, ain't my business, right? I'm sure Pharaoh's house was pretty cushy. You know, he didn't have to. God didn't send him there, you know, with that deliberate instruction to go and avenge this um, Hebrew slave. No, he could have just tucked his head, act like he didn't see anything. Do you think that was really the first time Moses had ever seen a slave being beaten? You grew up in Egypt, right? I mean, that was par for the course. That was, that was the norm because that's the way, I mean, that was brutal business, you know, make those bricks. That wasn't the first time, but something about that time just did it. Maybe it was an opportunity. Maybe this was a time when nobody was looking. You know, maybe Moses had contemplated this before. I don't know. But my point is that wasn't new. I, I'm, I'm sure that wasn't the first time Moses had ever seen a slave being beat. So that just set the whole course. So now we're going we're gonna to shift. Um, and we're going to pick up that story, that famous story of the Israelites. And, um, and we're going to read. All right, so let's go to, I'm going to pick up at the end. Now, where Moses is recapping to the people. Moses is sort of coming to the end of his time as a servant. He's recapping to the people 
the events. And I, I think there were some kind of funny points in this also, and I, I'll be sure to point those out. Because not only do I talk fast, but I like funny stuff, right? <laughs> um, all right. And so um, let's go to Deuteronomy 9 and 7. So this is Moses speaking, and he's talking to the children of Israel, and he says, Remember and never forget how angry you made the Lord your God out in the wilderness. From the day you left Egypt until now, you have been constantly rebelling against them. Even at Mount Sinai, you made the Lord so angry, he was ready to destroy you. This happened when I was on the mountain receiving the tablets of stone inscribed with the words of the covenant that the Lord uh, had made with you. I was there for 40 days and 40 nights, and all that time I ate no food and drank no water. The Lord gave me the two tablets on which God had written with his own finger all the words he had spoken to you from the heart of the fire when you were assembled at the mountain. At the end of the 40 days and nights, the Lord handed me the two stone tablets inscribed with the words of the covenant. Then the Lord said to me, get up, go down for the people you brought, the people you brought. I just want you to notice that, right? Not, suddenly, I didn't have anything to do with this, right? The people you brought, right? Um, I can get back to my place here. Um, the people you brought out of Egypt have corrupted themselves. How quickly they have turned away from the way I commanded them to live. They have melted gold and made an idol for themselves. <clears throat> uh, the Lord also said to me, I have seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. Leave me alone so I may destroy them and erase their name from under heaven. Then I will make a mighty nation of your descendants, a nation larger and more powerful than they are. God is hot, to say the least. Yeah, leave me alone, Moses. Right? You know, really, I mean, I, I, I always have to put things in. Uh, Steve laughs at me because when I, when I, tell stories about other people, what they say, I have to speak like them. I'm great at, or I have you down pat. I'm, I'm great at imitating folks. And I, even though I don't know God's voice, I can imagine, you know, God speaking, you know, hold me back. Moses, hold me back. You know, I'm about to get him, you know, but, you know, and, and, and he was mad. He was mad. Get leave me alone, Moses. I'm about to destroy these folks. They've crossed the line. This is, you know, so, so again, this is Moses' recap now. This is, this is way down the line. Moses still remembers the details vividly. Uh, and if somebody's ever made you mad or worked your nerves that way, you kind of, you, you tend to remember details vividly. All right. And so, so while the mountain was blazing with fire, and I, and I dare say so was God, I turned and came down the mountain, holding in my hands the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant. There below me, I could see that you had sinned against the Lord your God. You had melted gold and made calves of idols for yourselves. So now think about this. Because I always thought about this story also, that right when God spoke those words, that I'm going to destroy these people, that Moses fell down to the ground and, you know, immediately begged for their forgiveness. Right? I, that's how I envision this story. And, 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 but here, it says that Moses turned around. He walked back down the mountain with the tablets. Okay, so God is mad, right? I'm sure that mountain is probably trembling. Literally, smoke is flying. And he tells Moses, I'm going to destroy these people. And here Moses is with the commands on these stones, and he's got to walk back down this mountain. Right? This is bad news. 
right? Talk about between a, between a rock and a hard place. You got this God who is fuming, right? I'm feeling Moses right now, right? Because even when you're not the one in trouble, you ever been in the presence of somebody who is just livid? You know, I mean, their rage is on a whole nother scale. You know, it's uncomfortable for you, even though the rage is not towards you. Just the fact that you're in their presence, it, it, it's terrifying. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wipe these people out? So I imagine Moses kind of slow walking. Seriously, God? After all we've been through? You know, you saved me from the now for this purpose. I mean, come on, come on, this is, this is years down the line, right? Think of how much had taken place before this so that God could get these people to this place. You know, you saved me from the now. I'm, I'm, this, deliverer that, the, I'm this deliverer that was prophesied of. You brought me out of the now to, to, you know, you brought me up in Pharaoh's house. You positioned me just right. You know, you, 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 you brought all those plagues on, Israel, on Egypt. You did all that. You, you parted the sea. You know, we, we had the man in the bed, we, he's, you know, because he's in recap mode. He's probably thinking about all these things that happened, and, 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 and then you're going to kill them? I know they're a nuisance, because trust me, they were working Moses' nerves. Right? A million people, however many, but there was a lot of people working Moses. It, Moses had nobody to turn to. I don't hear anybody who was his helper, if you will, other than Aaron and Miriam. And we know they were shady. They were no help. I mean, maybe there were some others, but I'm talking about as far as the story goes. I don't hear anybody else who was kind of Moses' you know, helper. Jethro, of all people, was the one who gave him the best advice. And he was a Midianite. You know, I, so even though these people get on my nerves, and God, I, we've been, come on, God. So, so Moses is coming back down with these tablets. By the time he got down to the bottom of that mountain, how's he put it here? He's, he's fussing with the Israelites. He's mad because that's, that's what happened. When somebody's fussing at you, I know that's what it felt like, even though God was talking about the Israelites. It probably felt that Moses like God was just, you know, and now he hot. By the time Moses get back down, because they facing destruction, right? You ever had, you ever, you know, had somebody not realize the magnitude of what they did? You know, you, 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 and, and you just like, and then they, and they still laughing. And they're still, you know, because he come down the mountain, they probably still, you know, in the middle of their party. Yeah, you know, hey, you know, golden calf, gold, silver, you know, all the, right? And they, they're not even getting what's about to go down. Right? You ever have, you know, think about your children sometimes, the stupid stuff they do. They're not even getting. They're laughing and joking, and they're about to be smoked. They're about to be history. You know, and so I just imagine Moses coming down the mountain with that thought in mind, like, you fools. You're down here dancing and partying, and you don't even know, right? You're about to be destroyed. It's about to be a wrap. And he takes those tablets, and he slams them down, and they probably went, I don't know how many pieces. Because when you're mad, you know, you don't just do stuff gently. <laughs> you know, we, 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 you know, we fight, you know, Moses broke the tablet. What are you supposed to do? Okay, let me set them down and go talk to these people. No, I just came off the mountain with this angry God who is snapping. It was about the way y'all, you know, y'all about to be, no more. You know, just snuffed. And you down here dancing and partying and carrying on. Moses was hot. Well, let's see what Moses did. So Moses says, how quickly you had turned away from the path the Lord has commanded you to follow. So I took the stones and the tablets and I threw them on the ground and smashed them before the eye. He's mad. All right, well, let's see what Moses did. 18 says, then as before... 
I threw myself down before the Lord for 40 days and nights. I ate no bread and drank no water because of the great sin you had committed by doing what the Lord hated, provoking him to anger. I feared that the furious anger of the Lord, which turned him against you, would drive him to destroy you. But again, he listened to me. Now, I don't think Moses said that proud. I would have been like, see what I did for you? Right? <laughs> you know, you know I, I, that wasn't a proud statement. You know, again, meaning this wasn't the first time. This wasn't the first time I had to intercede for you. Right? I'm talking about leaders as intercessors. You know, this, not, this wasn't the first time. Look how gracious God, again, he listened to me. Now, I know sometimes we think we go through the motion of prayer. You know, we talk about intercessory prayer. Sometimes we don't, you know, we don't think our prayers matter. You know, we don't see the results often, right? More often than not, we don't see the results of our prayers at all. And I know there's some intercessory prayers in this room, for sure. Like this church, right? But, but we don't always see the results. And sometimes you don't think. Now, Moses had the privilege, I guess you could say, of seeing the results of his prayers, that God actually pulled back and was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do that. We don't always see. How many times have you ever had somebody lay somebody, uh, has, has someone ever been laid on your heart? Somebody you weren't even thinking about. You know, it could be in the midnight hour. It could be just some random time where, where somebody just comes to mind. And you say a prayer for them. You have no idea what the need is. Zero. You don't know what they're going through. You don't, you, you just, you just, that person is is on your heart, and you pray for them. I've heard stories of missionaries, and some of them have told those stories where, you know, they were going through a particular trying time or whatever, and, 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 and you know, somehow some church, somebody let somebody know, God, God let somebody know to pray for them. And, and those prayers dealt with something they were dealing with right at that time, right? I'm just encouraging that your prayers matter, right? That, 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 that our intercessory prayers, when you intercede for someone, it matters. All right. Um, and so it, the Israelites were not in right standing at all with God. Right? Again, God was furious, but Moses was. And see, sometimes our right standing will cause God to hear us before he'll hear them, whoever the them is. You know, and, and so uh, if we're, we're leaders and we realize that people are following, right, then, then we want those people to get there. Wherever that is. I don't know about you, but I don't care how mad some of you have made me. And I know you say, Sister Lil, nobody makes you mad. Oh, yeah. Some of you, some of you right in here. Right? I'll, I'll look at my family. I'll just be, keep it over there. All right, okay, right? Let's keep it between us. <laughs> He's looking at me smiling. Right? I don't care how I'm mad. Right? I still want you to get where God wants you to be. And that's habit. Right? And so, uh, so Moses interceded for these people. And then 28 says, and the Lord was so angry with Aaron. So then he goes on, in general, he was, not, he was mad with the, with the Israelites. But then he goes on to say, but he was so mad with Aaron too that he was going to destroy him. But I prayed. But I prayed for Aaron, and the Lord spared him. I took your sin, the calf you made, and I melted it in the fire and the ground, um, in the ground and ground it into fine dust. Then I threw the dust into the streams that flows down the mountain. In other words, Moses said, I cleaned up your mess. Right? You didn't even have sense enough 
to destroy your own idol. I told you how mad God was, right? You know what I mean? I told you that he was uh, plotting to, de to destroy you, right? And you didn't have sense enough to hurry up and get, no, I'm the one who, I took your sin. I, made, I took the calf you had and I melted it down. I ground it into dust. I, I had it for you. Some of you don't even know how many things, I'm, I'm including me into some of you. When I say some of you, don't think I'm just talking to you. I'm including me in that. How, how many things have been handled for you, right? Because God laid you on somebody else's heart, and they went before God on your behalf, you know, and, and, and said a prayer and pleaded with God to have mercy, right? And, and so, yeah, Moses cleaned up. I'm the one who begged God for you forgiveness. You didn't even ask God for forgiveness. You still down here like renting fools, running around this cabin. You didn't even have sense enough to ask God forgiveness for yourself. I did. I did that for you. I quench this anger. I make intercession for you. I want you to make it. We came this far. We, you know, it's been such a long journey. I mean, my goodness, wouldn't it be a shame for us to not make it? Right? Think of how many years you've been serving the Lord. Wouldn't it be a shame for you to not make it? Right? Who, wouldn't it be a shame? I mean, we've been praying for this community for what? You've been, we've been here about 40 years altogether. I'm just on average. Right? I mean, we've been praying. Wouldn't it be a shame? For, for all the inhabitants uh, of, the, of Newcastle County to go to hell? Mm -mm. No, we're going to pray for some folk. We're going to keep interceding. We're going to stand in the gap because we want everybody to make it. It's not just about us. Not us, but this local congregation, this little congregation right here. Little compared to how many people are in this community. And 22 says, you also made the Lord angry at Taborah, Massa, and Kibroth uh, Hataya, and at the Kidron I'm sorry, and at Kidron Barnea, the Lord sent you out with this command, go up and take over the land I'm giving you. But you rebelled against the Lord. I'm sorry, you rebelled against the command of the Lord, your God, and refused to put your trust in him to obey him. Yes, you have been rebelling against the Lord for as long as I have known you. That, that means, you know, pretty much from the beginning, right? For as long as I've known you, you've been rebelling against the Lord. 25 says, this is why I threw myself down before the Lord for 40 days and nights. And that's a long time. Think about that. 40 days? That's no little prayer. Right? When, you, when you are in intercessory prayer, I'm talking about interceding for folk, it's not a, oh, Lord, help them. You know, no, it's getting in the trenches. It, it, it's, it's a whole other level, if you will. 40 days and 40 nights? What do you say that long? What do you do that long? But, but, but Moses... It was that important. And now, my, not, mind you, this is the second time Moses repeats this to them in this, in this chapter. Right? Probably made them mad all over again. You know, you're trying to make people understand what you did for them. You, want to try, you, you, you tend to repeat yourself. Parents, we do this all the time. And kids say, how many times are you going to say that? That's a teenager. You know? <laughs> right? you, you, and we want you to get it. That's why we keep repeating it. Because we want you to get it through your thick skull. You know, what's going on here? So, we, so, so Moses says, um, I prayed to the Lord and, and said, O sovereign Lord, do not destroy them. They are your own people. They are your special possession, whom you redeemed from Egypt by your mighty power and your strong hand. Please overlook the stubbornness and the awful sin of these people. And remember instead your servant Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If you destroy these people, the Egyptians will say, the Israelites died because the Lord wasn't able to bring them to the land he had promised to give them. Or they might say he destroyed them because he hated them. He deliberately took them into the wilderness to slaughter them. But they are your people, 
and your special possession, whom you brought out of Egypt by your great strength and powerful arm. Moses was hitting below the belt. Okay, God, you do this. They're going to say you don't have the power. When he said you're not able. That's it. You don't got the power, God. Now think about that. God said, what? <laughs> Who don't have the power? Right? You know, I know they ain't talking about me. Right? You know, I'm, I'm, you know. That's when my ghetto start coming up right here. I start thinking about this. And you, you don't tell me I had no power when I know I got all the power. Who can't, who's not able? Who, me? Okay. Well, God, if that don't work, they're going to say that you hated them. Hmm. Didn't the scripture say that God is love? They're going to say, what? So Moses is getting all in God's head, if you, in, in a sense, right? You know, just, wait a minute. Wait a minute. All right. So it's funny how somehow when we remind God of who he is, and we remind God who we are, he, he, he knows we're small and stupid. If you don't think of yourself as stupid, then add another word. Right? I'm talking about compared to him. Right? When we remind him of, of what the mission is, we, you know, Moses had to take him back. Hey, come on, come on God. Let's not get off task here. You know, there, there, was a, there was a point. You knew what you were working with when you brought these people out. I, I, you do know God knows what he's working with right here, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. See, Steve talking to me for being, you know, fast talker. and, 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 and uh, God know what he's working with. I say, God, look, if you want me to talk slow, you got to do it. Right? It's how you made me, right? You know, it's just the truth, right? You know, if you want me to have big words and be all fancy, but you got to do it because you didn't make me that way. God knows what he's working with. This is his thing. And so Moses is just saying, come on, God. You, you, you know what you're working with here. And somehow when we're willing to go there for one another, remember how mad God was. You ever try to talk somebody down who's really mad? My husband like a snorting bull when he get mad. Steve is like a snorting bull when he gets mad. I'm talking. I'm looking around here. Some people I can pick on. I'm not gonna pick on all y'all. You know, Dad, I haven't seen you that mad. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm being nice to him tonight, right? You know how hard it is to talk to somebody who's mad. But when you love people, right? You you willing to put yourself at risk? Uh, Steve, 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 come on, don't, don't, don't be like that. You know, right? you know how you get when you, and you, you, you kind of duck because you don't know what's coming back at you. But when you love people, you go there. You might just have to slap me, but I love these people. You know? So I'm going to go ahead and risk it. I'm going to go ahead and put a plea in for them. I'm going to go ahead and, 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 you see, somehow when we get there, somehow that assuages God's anger. Somehow it just cools God down. Okay. Okay, I'm going to be cool. I'm, I'm not going to do that. And that's exactly what happened. So I'm going to shift to another story. We beat that one up sufficiently. And this one is a little less known. Uh, let's go to Ezekiel. This is going to be the, sort of the flip side of this. Ezekiel 22. Now this is... Uh, this is uh, the, Ezekiel, uh, the prophet Ezekiel speaking. It says, 22 says, Now this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, 
Are you ready to judge Jerusalem? Are you ready to judge this city of murderers? Publicly denounce her detestable sins and give her this message from the sovereign Lord. O city of murderers, doomed and damned, city of idols, filthy and foul, you are guilty because of the blood you have shed. You are defiled because of the idols you have made. Your day of destruction has come. You have reached the end of your years, and I will make you an object of mockery throughout the world. O infamous city filled with confusion, you will be mocked by people far and near. Every leader in Israel who lives within your walls is bent on murder. Fathers and mothers are treated with contempt. Foreigners are forced to pay for protection. Orphans and widows are wronged and oppressed among you. You despise my holy things and violate my Sabbath days of rest. People accuse others falsely and send them to their death. You are filled with idol worshipers and people who do obscene things. Men sleep with their father's wives and force themselves on women who are menstruating. When your walls... I'm sorry, within your walls live men who commit adultery with their neighbors' wives, who defile their daughters-in-law, who rape their own sisters. There are hired murderers, lone racketeers, and extortioners everywhere. This is some strong stuff going on. They never even think of me and my commands, says the sovereign Lord. But now I clap my hands in indignation over, the, over your dishonest gain and bloodshed. How strong and courageous will you be in the day of my reckoning? God said, you don't want to meet me, right? You think you're bad? Wait till my day of reckoning comes. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do what I said. I will scatter you among the nations and purge you of your wickedness. And when I have been dishonored among the nations because of you, you will know that I am the Lord. Then this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, the people of Israel are worthless slag that remains after silver is melted. They are the dross that is left over a useless mixture of copper, tin, and iron, and lead. So tell them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, because you are all worthless slag, I will bring you to my crucible in Jerusalem. Just as silver, copper, iron, and lead, and tin are melted down in a furnace, I will melt you down in the heat of my fury. I will gather you together and blow the fire of my anger upon you, and you will melt like silver in fierce heat. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have poured out my fury upon you. Again, the message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, give the people of Israel this message. In the day of my indignation, you will be like, polluted, like a polluted land, a land without rain. Your princes plot conspiracies just as lions stalk their prey. They devour innocent people, seizing treasures and extorting wealth. They make many widows in the land. Your priests have violated my instructions and defiled my holy things. They make no distinction between what is holy and what is not. And they do not teach my people the difference between what is ceremonially clean and unclean. They disregard my Sabbath days so that I am dishonored among them. Your leaders are like wolves who tear apart their victims. They actually destroy people's, they actually destroy people's lives for money. And your prophets cover up, them, cover up for them by announcing false visions and making lying predictions and saying, my message is from the sovereign Lord. When the Lord hasn't spoken a single word to them, even common people oppress the poor, rob the needy, and deprive the foreigners in justice. I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall. I'll read that again. I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards my land. I searched for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so I wouldn't have to destroy the land. 
but I found no one. So now I will pour out my fury upon them, consuming them with the fire of my anger. I will heap on their heads the full penalty of all their sins. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken it. That was deep. And all this, I had to read you all that to give you the context. I didn't want to read you all that, but I'm, whew, I'm out of breath. I, I needed to read you all to show you how mad God was. Listen to the things that he said about these people, right? But then he says in 30, I look for someone who might rebuild the wall. This wall, this, this hedge that God puts around his people, this, this, there's a breach in it. There's a breach in this wall, right? That, that, that my people now, we're not right again. There's, there's a hole here in this relationship, if you will. Right? This, this, there's a petition been torn down. There's a piece of this that's, that I, 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 I was looking for somebody who was standing in the gap. I was looking for somebody who cared enough about these people to stand in this breach. Plead their case to me. Beg me to have mercy. This is God. This is God saying, I don't want to do this. This world that we live in, God doesn't want to destroy it. Every, every person, Steve mentioned some of the, the, these you know, people that we you know, say are the child molester and the, you know, the, the worst of the worst. You know, we have these, you know, the, there's no place for them. No, each one of those people was created in the image of God. There's nobody that God doesn't want in heaven. Hell wasn't meant for man. God saying, is there a people who will stand in the gap for them? Will somebody plead their case? They're too stupid. They're too ignorant. They're too whatever you want to call them. They're too lost. They're too blind. They're too whatever. Will somebody plead their case? Well, I hope that God will find the people in Newark, right? And I believe God has found the people in Newark who will plead the case of this world. Listen to some of those things that he talked about. And this was, you know, who knows, centuries ago that these things took place. Centuries, I mean, long time ago. But look at the world that we're living in. We're, we're talking about a people who do all manner of things. You know, a country who's, who's passing laws to kill babies. Insanity. Right? Can you imagine how ticked off God is with this world? Right? We talk about the United States. We're just a little blip on the thing. The whole world, I mean, we have gone amok. You know how mad God is? Right? I, I believe it's our prayers. I believe it's the prayers of the saints who are holding back his anger. Uh, many a time, God has, God has held back his hanger, what, what he would have done because of the prayers of the saints, right? Leaders intercede. God wants us to, to continue, and if you're not, intercede for the people. Yeah, 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 we can, you know, oh, they're so terrible. We can, you know, we can do all that. Turn that, redirect that energy, right? When something is so terrible, when something's so horrific, when something is just, you know, whatever, redirect that energy just talking about it and turn it to some intercessory prayer. Please, God. Please have mercy. We do it for our children. Yeah. We all have children, you know, at, who are who knows where. But we plead to God on their behalf, right? God is looking for those who share his heart. Was it not Jesus who said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do? Right? We're following Jesus. We're following. Yeah, they know not what they do. They're reckless. They're, they're doing all manner of things. And, 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 and like the children of Israel, as Moses comes in, they probably have no clue of the, of the anger that's awaiting them. You know, many unfortunately feel like the Bible is a myth. You know, we know that it's doctrine. We know that it's truth. But there are many in this world, they think this is myth. Oh, God, help 
open their eyes, give them understanding. You feel me? I mean, and, and so, you know, God, God is looking for people who will stand in the gap, who will plead the cause of this people. Many of us are sitting right here because somebody did that for us. Many of us are sitting right here because somebody stood in the gap. Somebody pleaded out, uh, made a prayer to God. Somebody pleaded the blood of Jesus over our lives. Somebody interceded on our behalf. And God is looking for people to do that. So we're going to break down some of these barriers in this community. Yeah. We got to get in there with God. You can't speak to ignorance. You know what I mean? You ever talk to, talk to people one old, and, and they, you know, you try to tell them about, and they just, you know, and, they, and you, 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 you got to you gotta turn your attention from them. It's going right over their head. They and you got to make your petition known unto God. Lord, help such and such. Lord, Lord, help. There are many others that I can speak of tonight, and I don't think I have to. I think the case has been made. Um, you know, Abraham interceded for the people of Sodom uh, and Gomorrah. Esther interceded for the Israelites and when they were in, in, uh, in Babylon. You know, there, there's many in the back. If you go, there's, count, there's even little stories. You know, Abigail interceded when uh, David was going to bring his men up and wipe out uh, her husband and, and his people. You know, uh, lives are at stake. Souls are at stake. God's looking for a people who share his heart, who will intercede on behalf of this people. He was looking, as he said at the end of that scripture, I'm looking for a people, somebody who will stand in the gap, somebody who will see this, somebody who will plead on behalf of this people. Well, I hope that God finds that people in us. I'm done. You stand with me tonight?